do. We don't care who listening and who not listening. About a little pacer pod. Hello, it's me and Harbor. We're chilling on Sunday, about to talk about the Pacers. What's going on? Welcome to the Pacers pod. Sunday afternoon, about 15 minutes before the Denver tip, where the Pacers will be in action at home after a four-game road trip resulted in four unfortunate losses. I'll get into that a little later, Uh, but welcome. Welcome to the Pacer Pod. This is the 30th episode that I've recorded, so kind of crazy because I, I still don't really know what I'm doing, um, why I keep doing it, because I'm not even sure I'm comfortable with uh, what I'm doing. <laughs> like as someone, I don't know, I just, I feel like I'm doing this kind of in the dark because I'm not telling anybody about it um, or trying to promote it or, I don't know, it's really just kind of a... It's something I'm just doing and sharing with friends and family. And uh, I don't know. So I just, I, I, if, if people were to listen to it outside of my, outside of friends and family, then it's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, it's different than what I, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Um, but I keep doing it and I keep doing it because I like doing it. Um, And the reason I like doing it is because I love the NBA. And I think that, or one thing that I remember as I've grown up, I've always been kind of someone who's trying to, you know, do better than, um, like, I like to improve on things. I like to push myself and set goals. Now, I'm not great at doing, I'm not great at getting them accomplished, but I've always been someone who gets pretty hyped up for New Year's and whatever, like a birthday or something like that. I'm a big, I think, I think big. I think like, I think that I can achieve things. Um, Now my execution and my discipline in achieving things is, you know, it is what it is. Um, but the point is like, I, I still try to try to do th- things and I try to do them to some degree. Well, um, and so like, I don't know with this podcast, I think I'm just going to keep doing it and deal with whatever might challenge me later on down the road. Um, when it comes, uh, because I guess I'm just kind of, 
I don't know. I'm just pretty, pretty uh, honest on this podcast. And so if people from work or, you know, whatever knew about it and listened to it, it would just be kind of weird. But I think I'd get over that. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like I'm getting nervous. So, um, it doesn't really matter. I, it, it, I just question a lot of times sometimes why I'm doing the podcast and my, and it just comes down to, I'm just doing it cause I want to. And, you know, even my lame introduction, it says, we don't care who's listening. That's kind of what the mindset I just have to do because it just gives me permission to go on little rants like this and that don't really fit into what I think basketball podcasts are. Um, but it's just kind of like, well, this is my podcast. We don't care who's listening. And that's just me. And, you know, like I love the NBA and I think that spending time working on this podcast and recording the podcast and gives me reasons to spend more time doing things that I love, which are being involved with the NBA, watching the games, watching the interviews. I've really enjoyed this season um, following the Pacers so closely. I don't know if I like would always want to just follow the Pacers all season. I mean, probably, probably. But um, I don't know. I might follow more than one team. We'll see. I don't know. That that's just that I just was. I could go down a rabbit hole there. But for now, I'm just trying things out. You know, following the Pacers this year, doing this podcast. Um, it's just that you know. I think like right now where I'm at as a 32 year old, just kind of realizing, man, like you're not, you're definitely not young anymore. Um, you know, like I take, uh, I'm taking like hair loss medication and I'm trying to, trying to stay fit. I'm trying to get better at work, trying to change all these things because I'm realizing, man, like, you know, this you're you're, you're a different person than who you were, you know, 10 years ago. Um, or like just just trying to deal with getting older like and and how a change and what's important what like you know like what's important now and then what what will I find to be important in the future um and so I don't know it's it's just tough as as you get like for myself, I'm just being honest again like. I think about that all the time. Like, what am I, what, what should I be working on? What, what should my priorities be? I have pretty good ideas of what they should be. I think, you know, and those are just like, you know, being a real, being a good person, I think is the first thing that you should do is, you know, be someone that uh, is a, a, a positive in the world rather than a negative, like, try to give more than you take, but that's hard in itself. Um, 
but anyways, you know, like at the end of the day, I just come back to like, well, you just, I think the main priority is just to enjoy the ride. Like, because I don't know where you're going to find some mission, you know, like, oh, the mission is to convert everybody to Christianity. Like, uh, I'm going to pass on that mission or, uh, the mission. What am I talking about? At the end of the day, it's just, I think you need to just enjoy, enjoy the ride is what I tell myself is appreciate, try to appreciate things. And like, so that's why I'm, I'm doing this podcast, even though I'm not really fully comfortable doing it. But it's coming from a good spot, so it feels fun. Um, enough about me. Sorry. That was a little long-winded there. I just, uh, yeah, I was just, I was thinking about it because it's, as I've been doing this podcast recently, I've just been feeling this, like, what am I doing? Is this really something that I'm, I want to continue on? And you know, I come back to it. I say, yeah, it is. It is. It's fun. So appreciate anybody who's, you know, listening and I'm going to keep on getting after it. So, uh, the last time that I held court, the Pacers were 44 and 26 and going into this game against Golden or not Golden State against, uh, Denver tonight, Pacers are 44 and 29. So, They've lost three more games. I mentioned earlier they went on a they lost all four games of their road trip, <clears throat> which was to uh, Denver, Portland, the Clippers, and then Golden State. The Pacers were good. They I thought they you know against Denver they came they came screaming back in the, in the second half. Made the game close. Ended up losing by two points, I believe. They were in the game against Portland. Granted, Portland didn't have C.J. McCollum. But, you know, the Pacers don't have Oladipo. So, it it came down to the end. But, you know, Portland ended up pulling that one out. The Clippers... I don't quite remember the Clippers game that well. um, Besides the fact that Tyreek Evans... I think Tyreek... Tyreek led the team in scoring or was tied with somebody. I think he had 19. And then because then the next game against Golden State, which the Pacers got dominated, um, and they were never in the game, the uh, Tyreek led the team with 20 points. So Tyreek's been back, um, <clears throat> back to who the Pacers really need him to be. Like, as much as... I'm someone who doesn't necessarily like Tyreek Evans that well. At least he's not, like on my list of Pacer players that I enjoy. Um, he's pretty far down on the bottom. So, but I have to remember like we really need Tyreek Evans to be good if we have any chance of winning a playoff series. I think. I mean, or I mean, I think it would be helpful if he was if he was doing good. So. I found it interesting, like, so I don't know if it was just because the Pacers were on the road or what, but there wasn't a whole lot of interviews that I could find. Like, I usually find interviews on the Pacers NBA page, uh, but they're just, the only one I could find was 
this one that was uh, recapping the road trip, and you know, Nate McMillan apparently pull, pulled uh, Tyreek Evans aside, and you know, just basically told him like, "Hey, man, we need you to be aggressive. We need you to to score because you know, for sure, like I, Tyreek missed was miss Tyreek missed some games because of uh, maybe like personal reasons or." I know. I think he had an injury in there too, and I've heard rumblings about like just from other podcasts I listened to that like maybe like his brother was tweeting stuff or I don't know. There just seems to be some kind of drama around Tyreek, and he hasn't really been that effective, you know, over the past month or so. I don't have his stats in front of me or anything, but he just the way I feel like I don't feel like you know at the beginning of the season and and towards the when when Vic went down the first time that uh, Tyreek stepped up and him and him and Sabonis had that great pick and roll going. And, you know, he gave us a really good wrinkle before Wesley Matthews showed up, but it's like, well, now that Wesley Matthews is here, like we still need Tyreek to be, we need him to be really, really good um, off the bench. And actually we need him to play, make and score more than, than what, uh, than what he had to when, when Oladipo was here. Because Matthews isn't going to get us as many points as Oladipo did, so we still need all the points from, uh, you know, from uh, Tyreek. But uh, yeah, so he he came out in the last two games, which I didn't watch the Golden State game, but in the game against the Los Angeles Clippers, he had nineteen, tied with I think Bogey for for points lead for the Pacers, and then he had twenty against Golden State, which. Those aren't great numbers, but still coming off the well, I mean, coming off the bench, those are great numbers. Yeah, I take that back. Those are great numbers. Uh, so he was aggressive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays tonight against Denver. Um, because I didn't watch that Golden State game, so I don't really remember what he looks like recently. Um, so after dropping all those games on the road, the Pacers are somehow still in fourth place. They're still a game ahead of the Boston Celtics and they are positioned at the moment to have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Um, the Pacers have nine games remaining. So they've got Denver coming up. They have, um, they played the Celtics actually two more times. And that right now is, is what looks to be the, the matchup. It looks like it's going to be Boston or yeah, it looks like it's going to be Boston and, and Indiana. And the, the what's up for question now is, is who's going to have home court advantage. So it's interesting because the Pacers actually were brought up on a couple of the, uh, the good podcasts that I listen to. So if you want to listen to, if you, if you like NBA podcasts, I mean, the, my favorites are on the ringer. So I love Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo. Um, I love Bill Simmons by himself, and uh, I love, uh, my favorite is The Mismatch, which is the one with Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor. And then really, basically anything with Kevin O'Connor, I'm, I'm down with. And, uh, but yeah, so the Pacers have been getting some airtime on these podcasts because of this potential first round matchup with the Celtics, because Bill Simmons is a diehard Celtics fan. Um his podcasts are, you know, kind of notorious for talking about the Celtics and he's kind of unapologetic about it, which is cool. Uh, I, I, I like that about him. Um, 
But yeah, he was, I was listening to one of his from last week and he was talking with his dad and they were talking about the potential Pacers um, Celtics matchup. And they were, and Simmons was saying how he was nervous about Turner and Sabonis. And uh, I don't think that's really something that the Pacers have got down yet. Like, you know, the the Sabonis Turner playing at the same time. I mean, we've shown flashes of being able to do that, but I mean, I think like, they're just the two names that people know, like people that don't follow the Pacers are going to know that Turner is having a great year. He's leading the league in blocks. And then Sabonis is obviously having a great year because people talk, talk about Sabonis as being, you know, a candidate for six man of the year or a candidate for most improved player. Now Sabonis isn't going to get any of those awards, but he's at least in the conversation for both of them. So if you're not watching all the Pacers games, then I can see how you could think like, oh, well, you got you got Turner and Sabonis, and you would assume that maybe they play together. Um, but anyways, I'm not trying to pick apart what he was saying. It, I just was, the, the point I was trying to make was just that it's, it, it could work out to us as Pacer fans as, um, as a blessing to play Celtics because we'll get to hear about the series um, on Bill Simmons' podcast more because we're playing the Celtics. I was like, oh, that'll be cool. And then it actually got me thinking, like, well, because I was always assuming that the Pacers were going to lose. Once Oladipo went down, I thought we would lose in the first round unless we were able to hang on to the third the third spot in the East, meaning that we would match up against uh, one of the teams not being Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, or Boston. I thought... I thought any matchup against Boston, Philly, Toronto, or um, Milwaukee would be a sure fight, like a, a short, a short fight. What's the word I'm trying to say? It would be, it would be an elimination. I didn't think the Pacers had a chance against any of those teams, but the 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 Celtics have actually not. They have not taken. They haven't taken um, advantage of. The fact that they have so many good players, they they are just a, a team that seems to be in turmoil um, as far as their chemistry and the fact that they don't seem to like really want to play together. And they have so much talent, but the, 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 the fit is just not really clicking right now. And the Pacers, on the other hand, are a team without the talent, but they're always playing hard. They're always playing uh, relatively smart and in control. Um, the Pacers are a team that will let will they can win games um, against teams that have superior talent just by the fact that the Pacers won't beat themselves. You have to beat the Pacers, uh, and so like against Oklahoma City, which it, you know unfortunately, and and almost against Denver, but. Um, so it's like okay, I guess I could see, I could see a, a scenario where the Pacers could beat Boston in a series. I think, um, we'll see though. The, we'll see the Pacers and, and the Celtics play two times. Um, two two of the remaining nine games of the schedule are against Boston. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I I just hope that the Pacers can get home court. I think that would be huge. And 
Although it's it it's it's it almost seems like it's all on Boston. If if Boston can figure it figure out any sort of if they can get any type of momentum, having Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris. I mean, that's but and then you and then on the other side you're looking at Miles Turner. DeMontis Sabonis, Wesley Matthews, Bojan Bogdanovic, Thad Young, Tyreek. I mean, Boston just has, you know, probably the top three players in the series easily with Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Al Horford. And then who knows what Gordon Hayward's going to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that It'll be really tough for the Pacers if the Celtics are able to get any sort of uh, any sort of like good good mojo as a team. Then uh, I think they can take care of the Pacers. But if they can't, I, th- I think the Pacers will will be able to to win the series. And then because you know the Pacers are going to be a team that's gonna that's gonna make Boston have to come together to beat them because if Pacers are going to keep putting pressure on, on. They're not going to give up. They're going to play, uh, you know, disciplined, hard-nosed defense. And they're going to make open shots. They're going to, they're going to try to move the ball. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting one. I, I, I'm, I'm, opti- I'm more optimistic now than I, than I was weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, so there's nine games left in the season. And that's true for the Celtics too. And coming down the stretch here, the Pacers are up. They're up one game on Boston. Um, I was looking ahead at the Pacers' remaining schedule. I think it's possible that we get six more wins. And I say that because I think that the Pacers can beat Denver tonight at home. Then we have these are home games: Magic, Pistons. Celtics and Nets and then we win I'm giving us a win for the away game against the Hawks now with this Pacers team you know there's there's no reason to take any win for granted so I'm not saying that we'll 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 definitely get the six because some of those are definitely going to be tough especially the one that's about to tip right now the Denver game Celtics at home will be tough the Pistons are tough um, and then winning against the Nets are gonna is gonna or win yeah winning against the Nets would be tough. And then also playing the Hawks on the road would be tough. So they're not guarantees, but I think the Pacers could muster up six wins. I'm saying that they lose to the Thunder on the road, Boston on the road, and Detroit on the road. So yeah, so we the uh, the Pacers have to play Boston twice and the Pistons twice over the next nine games. And if you remember from Earlier this season, the Pistons and the Pacers have had bad blood this year. Um, just pointing that out. Just you know, now we're going to play them two more times. Uh, there was an interesting article that I read. So coming down the stretch here, it's it's basically the Pistons or not Pistons, but the Celtics and the Pacers, who's are locked into the four and five seed. Um, they're going to play each other. Now it's just who's going to have home court. 
one thing that uh, I read in an article um, by, it was a good article. It was by, I wrote her name down, Caitlin Cooper. This was from like the IndieCornrows.com or something. It's about, it's a, it's a Pacer website. And it was, her article was called load man, or it was about the a load management approach for the Pacers. So basically saying like, should the Pacers be resting guys so that they're fresh and ready for the first round of the playoffs? Because essentially that's what Boston is doing at the moment. Um, Boston has, you know, they have prioritized having their guys rested and healthy over, over having them available to play every game in the regular season. Um, and the Pacers haven't done any of that. And so that's one of the things that Caitlin was saying in this article was that like Thad Young, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Corey Joseph, they have all three not missed a single game this season. And, you know, Bojan, ever since Oladipo went out, Bojan has been getting you know, way more attention from defenses. So his minutes are actually, you know, harder than what they were before. And, you know, she she pointed out how these three players really struggled on the road trip and that the Pacers, you know, looked gassed. Um, and I think she's got a really good point. Um, and that's something that it's other teams definitely rest players like Steph Curry gets rested. Uh, LeBron obviously rests all the time. So the best players in the Ka- Kawhi Leonard gets rested. Um, that is interesting that the Pacers have never, I don't think they've ever this year, at least rest, sat somebody out for a game and, and just called it for rest. But I think that's something they may, they may do the d- down the stretch here. Um, I would certainly wouldn't mind seeing Bojan get a, get a couple days off because he's so important. And same with, I mean, really all three of those guys, Thad and Corey, um, the Pacers are deep enough where you would think they should be able to do that, like rest a couple guys. Um, maybe against like the Magic or the, or, because uh, I, I, to me, I, I don't want to see them, if they can get home court advantage, I think it's worth going and getting home court advantage. But if you can, if you can get that by resting a guy every once in a while, like that'd be, that'd be great. Um, anyways, that was a good article. I, I do think that the Pacers should probably take advantage of that and, and rest guys. It's just, I don't know how to do it, but moving on. The Pacers upcoming schedule They've got Denver tonight. Um, they have, actually, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Oh, actually, yeah. So they have Denver tonight. Then they go on the road to play Boston and the Thunder. I could have those two reversed, but those are the two teams they play on the road. Two tough, I mean, three. still three really hard games in a row here. Um, this this losing streak could stretch to seven if, uh, I mean, really, I'm sure that the Pacers were probably underdogs in all the all these matchups, but um, yeah. So today is kind of shifting to other things. Today is Miles Turner's twenty fourth birthday, or no, twenty third birthday. He's twenty three years old, 
on the today on March 24th. And uh, I, how did I see that? Oh, I saw it because I got to, uh, I was on Pacers Reddit channel or sub Pacers subreddit. And there was a link to like Miles Turner's grandma on Twitter. And it's it's her a recording of her while she's watching, I'm assuming watching the, the Pacers. And uh, she's yelling, or it's like a, it's like a little montage of her. It's probably like 30 seconds. It's hilarious. I, they had it on the broadcast. Uh, Fox Sports had it on the broadcast uh, during one of these games. And it's, My, it's Miles Turner's grandma. And she one of the things she yells is, take your time. And uh, that's the same thing I yell at Miles, too. I'm like, take your time, man. Um, but anyways, it's crazy to think that Turner is only 23 years old. This is his fourth season in the league. The Pacers signed him to a four-year, what was that, like 78 or $76 million contract. So we got the big man locked up until he's about 27. And I'm excited for Turner in these next four years. He's leading the NBA in blocks. Um, he's, he's, this year he's shown that he can shoot the three-pointer. He's shown a little bit that he can put the ball on the floor and drive. Um, he still has some, you know, he still is obviously gets kind of banged around down, down, down in the paint by bigger, stronger, big men. Um, but I think Turner's definitely, he's, he's had a, 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 an improved season and he's looking great. He's 23. Um, he's one of the Pacers bright spots for sure moving forward. Um, another note I had here was, I, you know, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this already or not, but, uh, you probably know that March Madness is in full swing. I've been so surprised by the short shorts. They're officially back. That's the new norm. You don't find any players with, with shorts that even touch their knees. They're all, they're all high. And some guys are even starting to push the limits and getting those babies, you know, midway up the, up the thigh. Um, as a distance runner, I've got no problem with short shorts. Um, I actually go a step further and I put a split on my short shorts. So you can really get to see the whole thing. Um, but I'm just surprised to see how short some of the guys are going. So some of the guys, I think it's like they, they're, the shorts are short and then they've got the compression shorts underneath. And when the compression shorts hang out underneath, I'm like, what? What are you doing? Especially when they hang out like a couple inches. And you can see like the padding on the on the shorts. Looks tacky. But nobody asked me. I was just, uh, I thought that was of note. The short shorts are back. I've been called many things in, with regards to short shorts. Um, and probably deserve them all. Speaking of which... I had a 5K that I ran yesterday, and it was a local 5K. I ended up, so I ended up finishing sixth place. I ran 19.11, which is six minutes and 11 second pace for a 5K. Um, I ran it fairly comfortably, like I wasn't killing myself. I was just running running strong, running hard. Um, but that does not mean that I would have won the race or anything had I decided to push myself to my max. That's just not the result I was looking for. I was just, I wasn't in there to win. I was just there to run. Um, 
but doing that, I, I, I saw that there was a man who I, when I came home, I told Lindsay, I said, this guy's probably 50 to 55 and he finished ahead of me. And I was like, yeah, he probably, like I, he probably ran 19 minutes or so. Well, this afternoon I looked up the results and he was 63 years old. And I was just like, damn. So this guy's 63. Uh, he ran a 19 flat, which is six minutes and seven seconds per mile for 3.1 miles at the age of 63. Like, and he was from Goshen. 63 years old. I, I was like, that is insane to be able to run that fast at that age. And he looked, like I said, like, and the only reason I would have pegged him at 50 to 55 was the fact that he had, you know, pretty white hair. Like, it was his salt and pepper had a lot more salt. And so he just looked, that's what aged him. But like, he was still super trim. I mean, the dude beat me. <laughs> and uh, I should have beat him. I, I, if I, I would, no, <laughs> just, that's crazy. 63 out there just busting ass. So kudos to him. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where I was. 1911 to start the season. So my season, I call it as a, as a, uh, self-titled runner. I, uh, it starts in the spring and it ends in the fall for me or winter. So this is my first one for the year. Last year, I think I, I got down to 1630s. But that was a potentially a short course. So, you know, maybe more about 17 flat pace was about how fast I got last year. Uh, so I've got some, I've got some room to, to grow. Oh, another thing that I wrote down that I wanted to bring up on this podcast. Um, not pace related, but at Meyer the other day, I stopped and I got groceries for the week. So I had a cart, you know, with probably 30 to 40 items in it. And so I'm looking for a checkout and everyone knows where this is going, but there's nobody, there's only one human out of the, the quarter mile length of cash registers. I mean, there's probably 40 lanes, at least 30 lanes at Meyer, and there's one lane open. And with a human in it, which is like, okay, that's fine. Uh, well, it's not really. But then at the ends of, at both ends of the store, they have the self-checkout area. Well, on one end, the self-checkout is all 12 items or fewer. And then, and then on the other end, you have the 12 items or fewer area. And then you have about like four lanes where that aren't designated for 12 items or fewer. And this is like, you know, if you go to grocery shop, you're, you're going to have more than 12 items. And the fact that you only have five lanes available for these customers to check out, and then you're going to make the customers wait in line behind another person with a full grocery cart and watch them have to scan all their items and then go bag all their items. <laughs> it's just like, and then you got one poor person that works at Meyer, whose job is to, you know, 
help all the people that are stuck self scanning. So like every anytime they got a question that they want to buy beer or, or anything, then this person's running around, punching in their code, solving all these problems. I'm just thinking, you know, and then the other thing too is like Meyer always asks you, how is your service? But it's always like, was this person polite or no? Nah. Anyways, going on an old man rant, but it's just crazy that there's that money checkouts and, you know, it, I don't know, I, I just had an experience. So I pulled up, I pulled up, I got my, I got my full cart and I'm like, all right, well, it looks like I'm going to be waiting behind uh, at least one other person with a full cart of groceries that needs to check out. And I'm fine. Like I was chill. I was enjoying my time at Meyer. It wasn't that crowded. Um, I had my headphones in. And so I pull up behind this lady who had just started checking herself out. Um, and she probably had 30 to 40 items. And I thought to myself like, oh, you should bag that lady's groceries, you know, because it would be nice and it would also save time. But then I thought, well, what if, she, what if that creeps her out? Like what, like, what if she thinks I'm like, like, what if she thinks I might steal something? Cause it'd be easy. I would stick it in my pocket. Right. Like maybe she doesn't want a stranger to handle all of her groceries. Or maybe, she, you know, maybe she's going to scan something that she doesn't want somebody handling. So I'm like, oh, fine. I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to, uh, I'll just sit and wait. I'll just try to wait patiently. And then, and, you know, she was kind of like, you could, you could just tell that she was kind of stressed because she had to check out all these items herself. And then she then had to go and then bag all of her items. Meanwhile, I'm like right behind her with a full cart of groceries and so I don't know, like what would, I, that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know if I acted right or wrong. Like maybe I should have asked her if she wanted, if she wanted help bagging her groceries. I would have been more than happy to do that. But uh, ultimately I chickened out. I didn't ask. I wasn't the hero, um, but maybe I should have been. Maybe I will next time because it's ridiculous to have people have to do that because then whenever I, so the lady goes, I do my checkout. By the time I'm about to check out, there's a, you know, a family this time behind me. And so I, as soon as the thing opens, as, as soon as the lady gets her groceries off the, off of the cart, I begin to scan my items. I'm doing a pretty good job. Like I didn't have to like take the item and look at it and see where the barcode was. Like most of the time I was hitting it, um, on the first or second pass, it was getting scanned. It was getting on the belt. Uh, I didn't have too many of those item not in bagging area or, you know, item backed up on belt. Uh, I didn't have too many of those. So I got everything scanned. I even say, I, so I had a six pack of beer with me that I was, that I was buying and I didn't, I waited till the very end to scan that because I thought, all right, so I'm going to do all my grocery items first. I'll save the alcohol for last. Then whenever the person while I'm waiting for the person to come review my ID, I'll run down and start bagging this shit up. Well, that's what I do. I scan the beer, left it there with my ID, go down to the end, and I start bagging all my stuff. Well, 
I'm almost finished bagging all my stuff. So this is probably three, four minutes later. And nobody from Meyer has yet to come over and attend to my lane, which needed help. Finally, well, so then I'm done bagging the groceries. And now I'm like, I haven't even paid for these groceries, but I've got everything bagged up and I'm ready to go. Uh, I get back to the station and I'm like, look, kind of looking around like, all right, where is somebody going to come help me out here? And then this lady who's been behind me and she had already been, I had heard her talking about like, he doesn't look like he's even 20, you know, like judging the fact that I was buying beer. She was upset at the fact that she was having to wait because I needed, because she was just upset that she had to wait. I'm not, I don't think she was upset with me personally. Um, but it kind of felt that way. Uh, but anyways, she yelled out to a Meyer employee who was at, on the other lane. She yelled out, when you're done, we need help over here. And, and I kind of looked at her like, whoa, is that really your place to be calling somebody over here? I mean, I was fine with it because he came over and I was able to leave. But then after she said that, I kind of looked at her and she's like, my daughter has, I got to pick my daughter up in five minutes. And I was like, fuck, I get it. Like, sorry, you know, but it's like, come on, Meyer, do better than that. you got all these lanes. If, if you're not going to put, uh, if you're not going to put humans in the lanes, at least make the lanes, uh, make more of the lanes where you can take a full cart of groceries. That's the solution. Um, get on that quick. That's, that's my that's my complaint to Meyer. Um, anyways, I think that's going to do it for this episode, episode 30 of the Pacer Pod. Hope everybody has a great week. I'm going to actually go watch the Nuggets game now. So hopefully the Pacers get a win. We have a better week than last. And uh, we'll go from there. Peace.